We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mal. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mal and my friends always roll their eyes at me when we go to wine bars because I can't just order something off the menu. I have to ask them a million questions. Just like, do you have anything hipster? Does something have skin contact? Where does this one come from? My friends just hate it and think I'm a wanker. Uh, I'm joined by Meg, master of wine. Meg, is this something that you do as well? Yeah, I do it so I can go out drinking with you because oh, yes, I think it's and that's what the people are paid to do, and they right. love talking about wine in wine bars. So, yeah, yeah, you're giving them something to chat about. All right, good, thank you. I'm glad you're an ally there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, Meg, what have you been drinking this week? So this week I had um, and a shout out here to Fran Austin. She's a friend of mine, a Delamere uh, Cuvée. Sparkling wine. Okay. So it's from Tasmania, two years on lease. Um, Fran has had years and years experience doing sparkling wine with some of the bigger wine producers, but she's gone out on her own with her husband. And she gave it to me, I think, about five or six years ago. So I had a little bit of age on it and I found Ooh. it in the bottom of the wine fridge yeah. and it was just delicious absolutely amazing and we had it with oysters which i know is a very classic boring thing but the creaminess of the oysters at this time of the year was just, it was just superb and is it widely available i think current vintages i think it's between 40 and 50 odd okay. dollars so yep. not expensive i mean that's about right for tassie sparkling yeah, and handcrafted in tiny volumes mm. so and i think it's always a minimum of two years on yeastly so it's it's, yeah, just amazing. amazing. One more time, what was it called? Delamere. Delamere. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll chuck that in the show notes as well. And do you have a fun fact? Well, the fun fact was I just read that um, a man in Alsace handed himself into the police for stealing a thousand vines and planting them in his own little vineyard, which I thought was hysterical in and of itself, considering it's bud burst. So it's a weird time to be taking the vines out of the ground. But I read at the end of the article that this happens quite frequently <laughs> in Alsace, but normally they'll steal Only like 30 vines, but this time they stole a thousand vines. <gasps> What, they just went in the night and, like, dug up someone else's vineyard? Yes, and it took him, they reckon, a couple of nights because he would have had to plant them at night to plant them, oh. um, replant them in his vineyard. But no one's, only one person is pressing charges because they think that the shame of him handing himself in is a punishment enough. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brutal. I just thought, that, yes, very French. It is. They love a little is, bit of wine fraud over in France. Yeah, that that entire story was very French. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're talking about a Vermentino this week, which is really fun because I think up until now we've done like really classic varietals, things that you often find in Australia. We've covered Pinot and Traz and Cabernet and Chardonnay and all of these. And it's finally kind of time to branch out a bit, get a bit more international, but it's stuff that's international but is also starting to become more frequent. It's very up and coming here. So, Meg, to kick us off, tell us a bit about Vermentino. So, Vermentino, it's traditionally from Italy, Sardinia, Mm -hmm. um, the island of Sardinia, a fairly large island, but it is grown throughout a lot of Italy. Um, it's grown in Liguria and parts of Piemonte as well. 
It's also grown in France in Provence, where it's known as Roll, R-O-L-L-E. Hmm. Um, but pro- I think Sardinia is probably the most famous region. Okay. Produces the beauty about it is, and one of the reasons that uh, we were discussing this a few weeks ago was with climate change. We have to be looking to great varieties that do better in hot climates. Mm. And so Vermentino is one of those ones that I think that we can hang our hat on in Australia because it retains its acidity. It's got this beautiful crisp acid um even though it's grown in what we th- I mean Sardinia's warm yeah it's not quite as south as Sicily yeah um but it's also grown up in in Liguria near the Carrera mountains where the all the marble is and it produces just beautiful wines quite simple um Adrian our winemaker here thinks that they're quite phenolic um mm. and grunty but so phenolic being that Green, grippy, yeah. yeah. Then they can be a little bit bitter. Yeah. Um, so I'll be interested to see. We've got a weird selection. We've got an Italian, <laughs> yeah, and we've got a Barossa, and we've got a Riverland. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see how they handle them because um, I bought. I mean, I bought half a dozen wines. We could have done loads, but we have to get back to work after this. So <laughs> I thought we would limit it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let's jump in. What are we starting with? So the first one we have is a Vermentino di Sardinia, DOC. So this is from Sardinia and this is – DOC means it's from a denominated – region mm-hmm. um so the island is a region so it's of a particular style so should people be looking for doc if they're going to buy something from yep. italy yeah yep. i mean the a lot of the ones i looked at were had igp which is just an indication it's from a larger area and it mm. won't be as traditional okay. in tasting it'd be quite modern yeah um in Liguria as well with Vermentino. It makes a sweet wine. Um, it sounds like Chaka Khan, but it's Chiatiara or something. Um, they do it, they dry out the grapes. And in Liguria, the, it's so steep in around Cinque Terre that they have this little monorail that goes around the vineyard um, where they pick the grapes because they have to lie down on their back and pick the grapes and put them on these little crates that are on a monorail. It's amazing. If you're ever in Cinque Terre. Wait, what? Have so the grapes are are they really high or something? No, it's a really steep cliff going into the sea. Oh. And they walk down and they can't stand, so they have to lie down under the the little trellis, basically, to pick the grapes oh and then God. they put them in these crates that go on this monorail. That's amazing. Yeah, and they make this they make a dry wine, but they also make this Pasito, so mm. they dry the grapes while sultana them, um, and they're not allowed to start fermenting until November. So they'd be harvesting in September, drying the grapes until November, and then starting fermentation. Wow! And they do skins and everything. Cool. It's S C R H I A something, and I always thought it sounded like Chaka Khan when mm. I was over there, but it's not. Excuse my Italian pronunciation, but this is from Sardinia. We'll um we'll try and find a photo of this online and chuck it up on the Instagram as well because that sounds awesome (laughs) that's just beautiful oh my gosh so when I smelled it I was like so floral it was like soapy or like potpourri like it's just Mm. super do you remember that perfume an A&A very old school no it's super perfume yeah Um, I just gave a bottle to my mum because it smells like cat's way on me but (laughs) it's just super hyper perfumed almost big mouth feel that zingy acidity lots of um Yellow apple as well, and I think of preserved lemon, like Moroccan preserved mm. lemon. That acid, I wasn't expecting that much acidity, though. It is really quite apparent, but I love a high acid wine. This is actually really up my alley. 
Oh, and I, this was $25, I think, at Dan Murphy's. Um, there are cheaper Vermentinos from Italy there, but I bought this because it is the traditional region. So if someone wanted to go out and buy a Vermentino, do you think they probably should be spending that more $25 range or I've higher? S- it's been $10, so I, I was tempted to buy good. that. Well, yeah. that's right, imported wine. So that's probably worth a euro yeah. in Europe. Um, and it was very light in colour, whereas this you'll see has actually got mm. quite a depth of colour to it, which is, I mean, I couldn't tell because it's in a green bottle, but yeah. delicious. And what vintage it's is awesome. it? It's awesome. Does it, um, does it say? 19. 19. So fresh and I'm just thinking, you know, oysters again, but any seafood. Sardinia is a really big island and they're famous for fennel and eggplant dishes. My daughter, You do so many random things. Well, my daughter's <laughs> godfather, one, she's got two godfathers. Yeah. Stephen and Paolo, who are partners. Yeah. Um, Paolo was from Sardinia and he would make these, these Sardinian dishes for us when we oh. used to visit him. Amazing. So what kind of food would we put with something like this? Well, seafood. Mm. Um, sounds a bit boring, but sardines grilled on the barbie. Oh, you don't like sardines? Gross. Not fresh sardines, <laughs> not tin sardines okay, in tomato okay, that sauce. that sounds better, yeah. Fresh sardines are really oily mm. and um, we do them, use sort of just a very herby panko um, breadcrumb and then put them over and then mm. grill them in, in olive oil on the barbecue. Delicious. Something with capers in it because it oh. kind of has that green, yeah. there's a the floralness, but there's a yeah. greenness to it. Not saying that the wine's vinegary, but yeah, anything Mediterranean, I Yum. think you'd do well. And certainly charcuterie, cheese, and it even got the, well at the end of a meal. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, floral stuff I always struggle to pair. I'm always like, what do you pair with floral wines? Would you think a red curry with this? I, I was almost thinking like, um, yeah, curries. Because a Thai curry with a coconut milk is quite mm. floral. Yeah. Um, so that might work quite well yeah. with it. And I think I've mentioned this before, that prawn red curry salad I've had yeah. once before. I yeah. mean, I just think that would be delicious. Or we do prawns just in a little ramekin dish, shove them in really tight with a some garlic in between and chilli and then fill it up with olive oil mm. and then with bread. That would be really nice because that acid would cut through the olive oh oil. Oh, my God, amazing. All right, so that's our Italian one. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, Meg, in theory, should these Australian representations of the same varietal be similar or can we expect them to be pretty different? I hope they are similar. Yeah. Um, I hope we see the acid because that means mm. it's going to be a great variety for Australia, bearing in mind we can add acid here. So the next one we have is a Spinifex wine from Barossa Valley, um, another sort of in the in- honesty Pete Shell I went to uni with, so he's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. But I know Pete is very much a traditionalist in his Winemaking, or can be. Yeah. His, his partner's French and okay. so they, they spend time between France and, well, they used to, the Rossa Valley. So, again, just looking at the colour, very similar colour to the mm-hmm. Vermentina. There's almost an amber edge to both of these wines, which is interesting. I wonder if that's the phenolic-y pickup from the skins. Mm. More textured. 
Definitely more textured. But not floral. A little bit more neutral. Mm. Um, yeah, a little bit bruised apple. I don't want to use oxidised. It's a completely different wine. It's a very different wine. I almost feel like I have to change my mind frame because I was expecting something similar and it's a nice wine. I'm just having to change what I'm expecting. You've still got that phenolic grip and that's the only thing that I think has got anything in common with the first wine. Mm. Um, the acidity is still high-ish, but not as zingy and as fresh. Yep. It's got a bigger mouth feel to it, but yeah, it's not as it's not as fresh um, and as peary and red apple and yellow apple as the the Sardinian wine. Would that have more to do with winemaking or climate or possibly viticulture? We may have more sun exposure here in Australia. Mm. We have more sun um and so we might get a bit more sunburn mm. on the the grapes um that's where you sort of get that phenolicness and maybe that ha- helps with the color as well yeah um i don't i mean I, i'll be honest i don't know a lot about vermentino growing in australia but i see when i bought the wines a few months ago that there's a lot of regions i mean yeah but warm regions mclaren vale riverland you know Barossa, so yeah, this is a very, very different wine. I'm, yeah, weird. Well, that's I mean that's the beauty about wine. You know, mm. they're all different. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that was our Barossa style. Um, this one, you actually had a few options, and I thought it would be fun to try Riverland one. I don't think we've ever discussed Riverland on here. Riverland, um, in the wine kind of world, Meg, is it? How is the Riverland kind of seen in Australia from a wine perspective? Bulk, volume, yeah. Um, goon baggers, yeah. everyone calls them, yeah. your cheap end market. Um, but it has a lot of Italian migrants landed there. Uh, so we've got the Riverland, which is in South Australia, mm-hmm. uh, around Berry and Renmark. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go down towards Mildura, Swan Hill, all along the river, hence the name. Um, and then we have the sort of uh, Marambidgee Irrigation Area, the MIA, which is around Griffith. Yeah. So all these irrigated, high volume, mm. you know, they really pump out the the wine and the yeah. grapes. Cheap grapes yeah you know you're paying four hundred dollars a ton and to give you a point of reference the cheapest in the Yarra Valley would be eighteen hundred dollars a ton Uh, so yeah irrigated inland lots of what we call almost monoculture they just have hectare upon hectare upon hectare of of vines green grapes yeah but also what we've been seeing is that, again, in response to um, climate change, these people have been – they realise that climate change, Cabernet really doesn't grow very well anymore up there. So they're looking for these warmer mm. grape varieties, warmer region grape varieties, and so they've been quite ahead of the mark in yep. planting these less traditional grape varieties for mm. Australia and you'll see Fiano from Unicozello, I was talking about – in another podcast, it's from the Riverland. You know, yeah. it's $35 a bottle. He'd yeah. be getting those grapes for a serious low price. Yeah, and that's what I've actually been noticing a lot, that these, like, funky 
cool labelled hipster dude wines are often from the Riverland. And I'm so pleased yeah. because it's turning what was your daggy yeah, old uncle it's cool. into a really cool yeah. region. Um, they're playing with styles. Mm. The grape growers in the Riverland, in these, these warmer irrigated areas, aren't wedded to any particular style. They don't have an ego attached to them and they, yeah. we're really saving this industry because when a lot of the large companies pull out of these areas, so which they would be now because of um, China going yeah. offline, so we're not they don't having to meet that price point. Yeah. It's good to see that these more up and coming winemakers who are a bit it's more cool. adventurous yeah. taking out these lesser known grape varieties and maybe the Riverland will be planted to Turkish grape varieties and Fiano and Vermentino and it'll become a hip area again. Yeah. It's not planted to Cabernet and Merlot totally. and Chardonnay. I love it. It's so exciting. It's great. And yeah. we, we do have – there's a great company, Chalmers, um, and they bring in a lot of these uh, – Unknown Great Fridays and go through the whole quarantining yeah. process, and they're very good at disseminating um, amongst growers, you know, at a, a reasonable price. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. I think this wine is organic or biodynamic. It is organic, biodynamic, and vegan friendly. It's called Screaming Betty, Delinquente, Vermentino. It's a very loud, quite ugly label. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, it's, I have to say, catching. more like the Sardinian wine. I know, just from the nose. The much nose. lighter in colour, yeah. very floral. And when we say floral, people don't necessarily know what we mean, but we think white florals like blossom and jasmine uh, sort of all mixed in together. But in that there's some pear and there's that um, – Totally pear. That lemon, preserved lemon character mm. that I saw in the, the Sardinian wine as well. And the mm. acid is fabulous. Very light bodied. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have as much as phenolicky grip or bitterness. Yeah. I have no idea how much this wine cost. <laughs> it would be 35 or under because I bought these wines to do another tasting, which we yeah. never ended up doing. So, and I think these were from different drop. Yeah. So I think with the spin effects, you're looking at a more serious wine, if I can use that uh-huh. term, more yeah. of, maybe more of a food yeah. wine, whereas this would be just – By the pool. Yeah, absolutely, mm. everyday slurper. And even in winter on this freezing cold day, um, I can just imagine that, you know, with some sausages, mm. you know, something simple yeah. but that has – Quite delicate flavour, you know, not not really meaty, meaty lamb or anything. Yeah. It's pretty delicious. It's a good wine. Okay, so there we go. Vermentino, it's definitely, if you've never tasted one, uh, I think you should pick one up this weekend um, and give it a go. It's a really cool grape and you can get something pretty good for, what, $20 mark, you reckon? Oh, definitely, range? definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that Sardinian wine was the most expensive wine How at much was Dan it? Murphy's. That was 25 Oh, my God, it's so good, though. I'm... Like, yeah, I'm buying some more of I'm that. I'm buying some of that. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. And, I mean, the Screaming Betty, definitely. And the Spin Effects, yeah, if you want something that is quite a, a different wine, it's quite a big wine, I think you need food. And that may be more expensive because it seems to be in a heavier bottle. Yeah, Just looking at the packaging, it might be sort of, sort of pitched at your more premium 
end, which is not where Mel and I generally drink. <laughs> oh, I wish. No, it's good to try them. I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Okay, Meg. So to finish up today, we do have a question. It's actually from my friend who listened to our podcast a couple of weeks ago. And you mentioned that for an engagement, a vintage champagne is a pretty good thing to bring along. Now, she had no idea what the difference between champagne champagne and vintage champagne oh. actually is. Can you explain it? Okay, so most champagnes that we buy around the 60 to $100 mark are non-vintage. So they are a blend of... They have to contain about 80% of the current vintage wines and then they're a blend of all different other wines from 2010, 12, 20, whatever. And what they do is they try and reach a house style if you're talking about Moet or Chandon or Veuve Clicquot or Mum. So they're many a house style. Vintage is just from grapes grown in one year. So you see the vintage conditions, um, they tend to be aged longer on the yeast lees, so it's a minimum of three years. And then what you have is more complexity generally because they're not bound by matching the non-vintage mm. year on year on year and vintage champagnes can age. All right. And you are worth vintage champagne, absolutely. <laughs> but don't don't have to always drink them on her at her engagement party. She should have some that she can put away yeah. current release. And then, you know, when the twenty twenty one vintages are released, you can go out and buy lots as your engagement oh, year. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Oh, love that. All right. Well, that ties up this uh, episode today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll definitely have up on our Instagram the wines that we tasted through, um, as well as what Meg's drinking at the moment. Definitely remember that um, our competition is still running Ooh. for win a sobrage class with me and a wine tasting with Meg. Uh, but until next time, we hope you enjoy your next glass of wine. And drink well.